can't separate my feet from the ground. It's just like you on my feet, keep my sight complete. Like, 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 Welcome back to another episode of Telling It How It Is, a podcast about social justice issues co-hosted by Marilee and Nas. Today we will be following up on the issues discussed last week, which were U.S. citizenship and protesting in the NFL. Additionally, we will present two more current events, breaking them down and letting you formulate your own opinion on the issue. Last week, I spoke about the U.S. and Texas borders and individuals being placed in deportation proceedings after being told by the government that they were not born on U.S. soil. I'm going to be very upfront about this. I'm very passionate about immigration and immigrant rights. That being said, these are people who are being targeted after living their whole lives believing that they were U.S. citizens, some of whom were born in the 1950s, have social security numbers, and have worked and paid their taxes as any other citizen has. Now, after years of being U.S. citizens, the government is telling them that their U.S. birth certificates are fraudulent and that they are not citizens of this country. So if a United States birth certificate is not enough for the State Department to issue a passport, what is? As I mentioned last time, the 14th Amendment clearly states that if you are born in U.S. soil, then you are rightfully a U.S. citizen. Revoking citizenship from individuals sets a dangerous precedent. The government could pick and choose who has a valid birth certificate, putting millions at risk of losing their rights. Already, we have begun to see the current administration violate human rights by separating children from their parents and losing track of where they are and who they belong to. We cannot and will not continue to allow our government to bypass rights given by birth. So, what should people do to prove that they are U.S. citizens? They shouldn't have to present more government-issued documents only to be told that they are not valid. Further, as U.S. citizens, immigration courts do not have jurisdiction over us. It is a waste of an already impacted system. It is wasteful to use these resources on frivolous accusations when there are people who are held indefinitely in detention centers pending for their cases to get to an immigration judge. Thank you, Marilee, for your much appreciated perspective on this. So last time I mentioned that Nike announced that Colin Kaepernick is now the face of their Just Do It campaign and that people are in a frenzy about it. So this time I'm going to follow up on that discussion and talk about my take on this and the reality of this. So Kaepernick wanted to take all possible measures to ensure that he protests the right way or what people think of it being the right way. He went out of his way to speak to Army veteran Nate Boyer, who is a former Seattle Seahawks and Green Beret. Nate Boyer initially wrote to Kaepernick and shared support for the basis of his protest, but also explained his concerns about why sitting during the anthem wasn't the most respectful way to go about things. Kaepernick then met with Boyer for an hour and a half, and Kaepernick specifically stated that he wanted to continue to make a statement in protest, but that he didn't want to be disrespectful to the military. Boyer then suggested that Kaepernick kneel because soldiers take a knee when one is at a fellow soldier's grave, is wounded, to pray, and he said that it was a sign of respect and reverence. In all honesty, most of the actual active military members and veterans I have met and talked to support peaceful protesting and support Kaepernick's taking a knee to process uh, police brutality and treatment of people of color in this country. 
Most members of the military have come out in support of Kaepernick, stating that the rights he's exercising are the exact rights that they're fighting for, and him exercising those rights are showing he's an active member of this country's democratic process. Cardinal Pat Tillman was also an NFL player who then enlisted in the Army and subsequently was killed from friendly fire on one of his tours in Afghanistan. About a year ago, Trump attempted to bring Tillman into his attacks on NFL players and Kaepernick who protest police brutality. At that time, Tillman's widow, Marie, issued a statement to CNN asking, in extremely non-confrontational language, that Trump knock it off. This was a statement that was made. As a football player and soldier, Pat inspired countless Americans to unify, Marie said. It is my hope that his memory should always remind people that we must come together. Pat's service, along with that of every man and woman's service, should never be politicized in a way that divides us. We are too great of a country for that. Now, I'm not sure if many of you caught that, but uh, she kind of uses Trump's slogan, Make America Great Again, against him. She also said that those that serve fight for the American ideals of freedom, justice, and democracy. They and their families know the cost of that fight. I know the very personal costs in a way that I acutely feel every day. The very action of self-expression and the freedom to speak from one's heart, no matter those views, is what Pat and so many other Americans have given their lives for, even if they don't always agree with those views. She recently made a statement saying that uh, Cardinal Tillman would have been one of the very first people kneeling right alongside Kaepernick. Some of you may know and some of you may not, but my dad was active duty in the military as a translator for the special forces for quite a bit and pretty recently before he passed away. In all honesty, he would completely agree with this sentiment. And if Cardinal Tillman was one of the first people kneeling alongside Kaepernick, my dad would have been the second. He completely agreed that members of the military serve to protect our rights and us exercising those protected rights. Recently, many conservatives have doctored Nike's ad originally featuring Colin Kaepernick's face and instead have placed Cardinal Tillman's face in it with the same message stating, believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. This seems so extremely disrespectful from a group of people claiming they truly care about military members, because why would you do this, or why would this administration pull him in here against this military member's beliefs and their family's wishes? This just seems so utterly disrespectful to me. Even if you don't agree with how Arnold Tillman's wife said that he would feel about this subject or how he did feel about this subject or if you don't agree with Kaepernick, you have to put that aside if you truly believe that you support military and military members. You should really respect the military members' family members and their wishes. It costs zero dollars to give out some respect and I know y'all love free things, so let's try that out. In all honesty, there seems to be a double standard when it comes to how one conducts themselves in this country. People of color seem to be constantly ostracized and told that they must do things a specific way in order to be heard and not ruffle any feathers. Yet people like the commander-in-chief and his administration are allowed to say whatever they'd like because they're just telling it how it is, and if you get offended, you're a snowflake. But we aren't snowflakes, we're an avalanche, and you can't just take away our rights by shutting us up. Countries like Russia, North Korea, and China are often criticized by conservative Americans for preventing the exercise of freedom of speech, religion, and press. So why is it when Americans attempt to exercise this right peacefully, they too are criticized? And by Americans, I mean people of color, women, and basically all minorities. And before people argue that someone who doesn't fit those categories would also be treated in such a manner, let's rewind to 2012 when a young Denver Broncos quarterback took a knee in protest of abortion and was praised by many conservative Americans for being a model American. Tim Tebow specifically stated that he couldn't stand for a flag that allowed abortion. Kaepernick clearly has stated multiple times that his protest has nothing to do with the flag or military. 
If the hypocrisy still isn't made clear here, then I don't think that it's a lack of information. I think it's the high prevalence of ignorance and racism. All right, so that's my take on that uh, issue. So now Marilee is going to go into our issue for next episode. We're just going to present, you know, the current event, and then we'll go in on the issue next week. Killed in his own apartment. This week, the death of Botham Shem Jean has placed once again the injustices against people of color to the limelight. Jean, who was 26 years old, was at his apartment when an intruder entered his dwelling. He was a native of Santa Lucia, living in Dallas, Texas. Jean worked for PricewaterhouseCoopers as a risk assurance associate. Former classmates described him as a great Christian example. Unfortunately, the intruder did not realize that the apartment she walked into was not her own. She believed that Jean was the intruder, and rather than have a conversation about the confusion, Jean was killed. Texas Rangers have taken over the investigation due to a conflict of interest with the Dallas Police Department. As a result, the Texas Rangers have taken a blood sample from the intruder to test for drugs and alcohol. The intruder is allegedly being charged with manslaughter. Manslaughter is defined as an intentional homicide done in the sudden heat of passion, caused by adequate provocation before a reasonable opportunity to cool down. However, the question is whether the intruder will be held accountable or if she will be let go. And according to recently released information, it sounds like the latter of the two is more likely. Now I'm going to hand it over to Nas. So this next issue I'm going to talk about is a social one rather than a legal one, but it's something that affects people of all walks of life. So I think it's an important conversation that we need to have. Recently, the hip-hop community we lost an amazingly talented soul that went by the stage name of Mac Miller. His real name was Malcolm McCormick, and he was an MC and rapper that started out in Pittsburgh, his hometown, and then he spent some time living in New York as well as California. Mac Miller was found dead in his California home on September 7th from an apparent overdose. For those of you who aren't familiar with Mac Miller, he was quite talented, and a breath of fresh air for me at least. He was only 26 and technically started his music career at the age of 14, but videos of him singing and dancing were featured in music videos that he put out like Best Day Ever, and you can tell that he was truly musically inclined from a young age, because in that video I think he was like 5 or 6 and he was already, you know, rapping and singing along and just having a good time. He understood the roots of hip-hop and loved all sorts of other genres. He truly embodied hip-hop's roots in a time where lyricism and uniqueness are a lot less prevalent. I've been an avid listener of Mac Miller since my early teens and grew up listening to his music, always thinking about how truly amazing it was that he started his career all on his own. He produced his own songs, his own albums, and even had a clothing line. I also thought that he was incredibly talented because he was able to mix and master his own songs, create beats, and taught himself to play instruments like the guitar, drums, and much more. Mac Miller suffered from mental illness. He displayed symptoms of anxiety and openly discussed his depression, dealing with addiction, and throughout a lot of his work you can truly hear the demons he was dealing with. Even with him being so open about his battles, I, along with so many other people, were shocked to hear about his death. He was such a genuinely nice guy. He was so goofy and like, you just, I feel like he's one of those people where you just wouldn't think that something like this would happen to him. Mental health is so absolutely important. One's mental health is something that everyone needs to be aware of and take care of. Max's passing really reiterated that we truly need to be there for one another. We need to check in on each other, check in on your family, check in on your friends, even the strong and goofy ones, because you never know what someone is going through or 
what they have to go home to. I know a lot of times, especially in this generation, we seem to get anxiety at the thought of just checking in for someone because what if we look dumb? But, you know, honestly, at this point, I'd rather look dumb than get a phone call the next day that that was the last time I had a chance to reach out to someone I was close to or cared about. We're all on this journey called life, and the least we can do is to make it easier on one another. This hit really close to home, and although it's not a legal issue, it's an issue that many, both in the legal and professional field, deal with constantly. Attorneys have some of the highest rates of addiction, alcoholism, and clinical depression. Next episode, I'll share the shocking statistics about mental illness in various fields and and talk a little bit more about my personal experiences with these issues, as well as how I try to take care of my own mental health and my journey. Mac, your music truly got me through some tough times in my life that I thought I might not get through. I listened to your most recent album, Swimming, over and over again from the time you dropped the first song to when the entire album came out. I was so excited and stoked that you came out with a new album because I had been waiting for a while for it because you're one of my favorite artists. I made my family listen to it on road trips, I made my friends listen to it, and for my friends that I couldn't force to listen to it, I would send them the songs that they definitely had to check out. Although I loved your entire album, I made sure that they at least got a glimpse of some of my favorite songs on there. Your music was part of the anthem of my high school, college, and adult life, and I can't thank you enough for sharing your light and creativity with the world. You're loved and missed, and I know the wings you sung about on your latest albums are now what you're using to fly and be free. You're an amazing soul, and your brilliance will live on through the work you've created and the people you've touched. Mac, I hope you're finally at peace. I really hope you found what you were looking for. So that's going to wrap up this episode. I just want to send a shout out to everyone who has listened so far and thank you so much for all of your support, especially to our study group who are our first listeners and have supported us throughout this journey. Also, shout out to Cerebronas and their podcast because they gave us some of the motivation we needed to get this started. The last shout out we want to give is to Serial because your podcast has definitely encouraged us to start our own in order to address social justice issues. Please tune in for next time, and we promise as time goes on, these podcasts are going to be a little bit longer, but we just want to ease you into all of this. As always, it's all tea and no shade. Have a great day, guys. <laughs> Where do you see yourself in 10 years, Mac? Um, hopefully, you know, doing a lot of different things in entertainment. Maybe I have a kid. You're going to be bigger than you are now. Much bigger. That's what I hope. I predicted for you. Thanks, man. Some money on forever, so I don't ever gamble on the weather, but I just watch while the sun is shining. I can look at the horizon, the walls keep getting wider. I just hope I never find them. No, no.
best in love.